In the vast, overcrowded forest of politics, there's an overpopulation of rhinos, and we are the exterminators. This is What's Happening Idaho. What's Happening Idaho. Idaho's conservative voice. If it's happening on the right, we're talking about it. And if it's happening on the left, we're laughing about it. Welcome to What's Happening Idaho. And now your hosts, Josh and Kirsten. Welcome back to the podcast. All right. I must admit, I am not a fan of Twitter. When I go on the platform, it seems like a liberal safe haven, a place for they, them, or whatever catchy title they have in their bio to cheer each other on. But today I noticed a change among Idaho's Twitter users. This past weekend, Representative Dorothy Moon was elected Idaho GOP's chairman, and many Idaho tweeters are losing their collective minds. As I read through their tweets, I couldn't help but chuckle. For people who hate the Republican Party, they sure were invested in our party's outcome. It turns out they have been for quite some time, and one must ask why. But with all due respect to Jen Patsky, we'll circle back to that shortly. Dorothy beat out former chairman Tom Luna in a wide margin win. She took a total of 434 votes out of 721 total cast, with Tom Luna only receiving 287. When the announcement was made, I got to tell you, it felt like the room erupted. Cheers, applause, you name it. You could feel the energy, you could feel it in the air. Now that Dorothy has been elected to the job, we, conservatives, and even the Democrats know a few things are going to change in Idaho's Republican Party. I believe the left was comfortable with the former chairman, as he was supported by the they-them guys. Sure, Tom wears a Republican label, but it was his own signature that brought Common Core to Idaho. Anything that undermines parents and leads children to believe that their teachers are higher authorities in society is good only for the left. Those on the left also enjoyed the fact that Tom was willing and did sue members of his own party. Nothing like infighting to get the liberals day going. So why are they them crowd so mad about Dorothy winning? In short, she's effective. Dorothy Moon is a great fundraiser. When Dorothy entered the race for secretary of state, she was behind the ball. You see, one of her opponents had announced much earlier and had been fundraising for months prior to Dorothy entering the race. That person had a competitive edge, or so it seemed. But Dorothy blew that opponent, Mary Souza, out of the water on fundraising. Mary raised a total of $128,565, whereas Dorothy, in a shorter period of time, raised $233,585. Democrats know Dorothy's ability to raise funds is bad for them. Dorothy also inspires people. She speaks clearly on issues of importance. She doesn't use jargon or spin. And she has been a role model for other Republicans around the state, as many follow her lead when it comes time for them to run for office. Republicans win when we focus on conservative principles. We want our party to be focused on limited government, personal responsibility, free market, individual liberty, traditional values, and the rule of law. These are the things that matter to Republicans. Dorothy will keep the party on track with those principles, and she will be guided by those principles as she leads the way. 
The Republican Party has a decent war chest, but now we need to prepare for the Democrats' attack. This conservative victory this past weekend will be used as a launching pad for Democrats' fundraising, and we all know they will use any means necessary to harm Republicans and the Republican brand. In addition to speaking boldly about our principles, we need to defend our principles against any and all attacks. We can do this by ensuring that our principles are upheld in whatever policy decisions our elected officials vote on. But we must also ensure that we are funding the party fully so we can focus on communicating our principles and legislative victories throughout advertising campaigns or other means at our disposal, including Twitter and other social media. The they-them crowd will soon realize that it's a we-the-people crowd who will be standing firm on solid Republican principles to make Idaho great again. And with Dorothy at the helm, we're on our way. Woohoo! Woohoo! I love that it. That was my opinion piece that came out today. It's great. I hadn't heard it before, so that's good. Well, now you have. I like it. Good job. I changed it up a little bit. <laughs> a few word tweaks. Yeah. You know, to make it sound more radio-esque. But that's good. Me, no, me and Kirsten were kind of talking, and I was like, oh, should we just use that for the opening monologue? I'm glad you did. It's exciting. I'm excited about the direction the party is headed. I'm excited that we can give to our party and know that it's going to be put to good use and not against us. I think it's going to be a very healthy thing for Idaho, who, you know, Idahoans who want to go more red. So, yeah, it's good. You know, one thing I'm really excited about, so I've given thousands of dollars, I'm sure you have as mm-hmm. well to candidates and and i truly just don't give to the party Mm -mm. and it's because i want the funds to be used responsibly and i think the candidates oftentimes know the best direction on how to spend that money right well i'm not going to wait another year and a half before i start giving money now i'm going to start focusing on the party because we do have it run by conservatives now it's exciting i will give and donate to the republican party now with dorothy at the helm yeah i'm excited yeah me too yeah i hope she Gets a lot of support now from the patriots that weren't giving before. Yeah, I think she will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I kind of pointed out with that, she is good at fundraising. So, you know, that was kind of the former chairman's big selling point. Is right. I've raised two point some Six, odd million dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he kept reemphasizing that because it is big. It's I don't want to take too much away from him, but. No. He's but she said she'd keep it from in-state stuff, and people erupted. And we erupted when she got elected. Man, were we on fire. That whole convention, it was, tensions were high, I would say. Yeah. A lot of the time. But we were excited. We just had to get stuff done, and we understood the assignment, and we did it. Yeah. Tell me, what was your thoughts? This was your first convention. I thought I will never miss a convention again. I'm so bummed I didn't go last year when it was right in our backyard in Nampa at the Ford you know, Idaho center and Mm -hmm. I will never miss it again. And I'm already collecting names for people who want to be a delegate next time because anyone can be a delegate. I didn't even realize what a delegate was or how to do it. And yes, we're going to vote on them for the central committee. We will vote on a slate of delegates, but um, for the most part, it hasn't been a problem in the past. And we're going to, I think, fill that next time with 63 Patriots plus a ton of alternates. I think it'll be good. Yeah, that's the hope. There's going to be have to be a couple changes uh, within our county mm-hmm. uh, in order for us to go ahead and do a voting process like that. But we can totally get it done. Well, we and voted. I think it's we voted this last time because we had too many. We had seventy three. We could only have sixty three, right? So we actually had to prioritize in yeah. order how many could go, and and that'll happen again next time. I'm confident, but. I think we're going to have more interest next time in going. And so I, I never saw pictures from the first convention. I mean, two years ago on Facebook, I saw tons of convention pictures. 
I think we looked like we were having fun because we were, even though the convention itself wasn't the best run convention I've ever seen. But I mean, I've done other conventions and I thought it was hot. The food was late. There was never enough and there were no firearms allowed. But I think if if a good county gets in charge of it, it that'll never happen again. Yeah. That'll be Brandon Durr said that was not a well put together. But I think that the energy was phenomenal. Oh my gosh, Patriots showed up and we were <laughs> so stoked to be there. There was no doubt we were there to get stuff done. Yeah. We were excited. Yeah. Absolutely. The buzz and the energy was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, I so. put on a convention in high school. I was the party convention leader in my um, student council and I had to put one of those on and we we had the campaign stuff going and we had resolutions and we had but I never realized it until I went how vital that convention is yeah for our party for our I feel like that is the um it's the wheel we're the I feel like the counties are kind of the rudder but the the wheel is that convention yeah did you feel like it was kind of like an adult Disneyland or amusement park well, I hate Disneyland, so that's not a good thing. I was, I, I don't have a good experience with Disneyland, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think the, um, it, it's like adult fun. It's, it, you know, that karaoke was fun though, too. So that kind of put, there were fun things outside a convention that we did mm-hmm. that even though we stayed up late and woke up early, it was Patriots 24 seven almost. And, you know, watching Brian Lenny and Tammy Nichols and you and, and Dustin, everybody, Brandon Durst, all singing karaoke and doing things. And you just got to know people so much better on a much more real level. And I think that's priceless. I, I want to know these people. And when we're in the trenches and everyone's tired and cranky and, and maybe we're getting like our toes stepped on, remember back to convention when it was like, that. those are our people. Yeah. It's good. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot to talk about. We have a special guest joining us here shortly. We've got Brent Regan from Kootenai County GOP. The godfather He's the of chairman, the convention. The godfather of North Idaho politics He's is awesome. actually one of his titles. Oh, really? Yeah. It, and he didn't get it as like a, no, a polite not, thing. It was the media trying to attack him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I it's one of those things. You just own it. Yeah. Right. So he'll be joining us. He's going to talk to us about his thoughts on the convention as well as we went through training while we were there, right? Yeah, it was awesome. We're what was gonna the training le- on? We learned what Kootenay does in 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 order of finding candidates, um, vetting them, and then putting them into what? Getting them all the way to campaigning. So. Yeah, and winning. And winning. 25 out of 25 for yeah, that. That's insane. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Faith Outdoors. Faith Outdoors is more than a gun store. It is an education hub spot. Whether you are a first-time gun buyer, an experienced shooter, or a long-range shooter, Faith Outdoors can help you find what you need to be as efficient as possible. Their staff is some of the most experienced in the Treasure Valley and is made up of retired law enforcement officers and firefighters. Faith Outdoors also is an official dealer of Benchmade knives. Everything sold in-store are items they recommend and use out in the field. So go visit them today, 2200 Cortland Place in Nampa, Idaho. And you know what I love about Mandy and Nate? Their whole family, they're prayer warriors. So if you need prayer, they are happy to pray for you. Just email them at info at faithoutdoorsid.com. Small businesses are the lifeblood of our economy. Two in every three jobs are created by a small business. They support our local schools, charities, churches, and more. This is exactly why we love to help small businesses grow. 
Our custom-tailored solutions allow all facets of your marketing to work in a symbiotic way, helping you increase revenue from web design to social media marketing, from local search engine optimization to managing your online reviews. Our custom solutions are built for you. Visit us today at silohillweb.com. All right, before we get to our guest, Kirsten, do we have anything upcoming? We do. Tonight is the Canyon County Republican Central Committee meeting at 7 o'clock. Bring a chair. Maybe bring some popcorn. Um, it's always a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to fill that room with uh, the audience being, I mean, it's nice to have people there. So yeah. the public should come. Uh, and then we also have a brand new thing has started for uh, the young Republicans in Canyon County or, or Treasure Valley. We've got volleyball and popsicles. It'll be the second time that they do it. They had 15 people last time. It's on the 25th of this month from 6 to 8 at Liberty Park. First one was successful. I anticipate this one will be even more so. Um, it's a good time. It's supposed to be for ages like 16 to, I don't know, mid-20s or whatever. But really, my 15-year-old went. There were the whole range. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it was good. And then we have, of course, Canyon County Fair is coming up, and we have a booth. That's right. I'm excited. That's this next coming week. Yeah. Yep. I didn't work the booth this last year. I did. I worked a booth, two booths down. <laughs> Oh, I know. And I went down there and then I got shamed for going, coming back with a t-shirt on. That was, yeah. Um, but it's good. And, uh, I, as people walked by, you're just, I don't know, engage with them, see if they have any questions, get them to vote and, you know, find out if they're a upset patriot. Yeah. It's good. And we always have the Treasure Valley Republican Women and the Liberty Luncheon. That's August 2nd. It's only $30 for the remainder of the year. And you know what? If you guys would call me, if you want to be a member right now is a membership drive where it's $30 till the end of the year, we really need to up our membership. Um, we have 83 members right now. We would like to break a hundred. It would help us as we go into the Idaho Federated Republican Women um, Convention, very similar to the Republican convention we just went to. Uh, that'll be in the beginning of September in Twin Falls again. And that is where we put in a new slate of the executive board who directs that. And so it's Ben Sherlane Quarter from Canyon and Tracy Wasden from Canyon and they can't rerun. And we would like to find some really good Patriot uh, women who would do that, but it it's based on membership, how you get a vote. So you get a vote for your president and then for the first 10 members, you get a vote. And then for every 25 members, you get a vote. So it would be important for us to have approximately 111 people in our so we're going to be pushing for that. So it's only $30 for the rest of this year, and it'll help support the entire change in the party. Very cool. Yeah. That's good. So I think that's it. I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking, we got to get the video set up. we got to get going with that. Yeah. We'll do it. Okay. You look cool. You look cool as you're sitting here relaxing, talking into the microphone, and I just think oh, a video aspect would be nice with it, too. I can't chill with my smearing off, though, so... <laughs> That's right. All right, everybody, let's go ahead and get into the interview. All right. Joining us to recap what happened at the Republican convention, we have chairman of Kootenai County Republican Central Committee, Brent Regan. Brent, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys today? You know what? I'm on cloud nine. I know, right? (laughs) And you know, sometimes you feel like, yeah, we got some wins. And then you step out of it and you're like, did we really get these big wins? Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, as soon as I hopped on Twitter, I knew we won. We won. Conservatives won big across the state of Idaho. It's great. Yeah. You heard the other side crying or what? 
Yeah, I actually just wrote an op-ed. It came out at, I don't know, one o'clock this morning, uh, mm. <laughs> dealing with that. And that was the first thing I addressed. So talking about our, the change with our chairman and everything like that. So lots of lots of big wins. And, and they're still losing their minds. There's still articles being written. The Idaho Statesman Editorial Board actually just came out and did a collective article as well. Really? Yeah, I haven't had a oh. chance to read it, but looking... I'm looking forward to not reading it, actually. (laughs) So, Brent, uh, the reason we wanted to bring you on, this is not my first convention. However, this is Kirsten's. It was mine. Um, But you're seasoned in these. I am not seasoned in it. I don't want to pretend I am or pretend I know everything. But we just kind of wanted to get a feel of some of the victories you feel we really got here at the convention and also kind of talk about, you know, what it's like also being the chairman over... The platform committee was this your first time as chairman of platform committee uh yes it was yeah i've been chair i've been chairman of rules at the state meeting but this is the first time i was a um, chairman of platform at the convention yeah sorry if i was a pain in your side i <laughs> i love to debate things at times and i also as you know love to call the question so <laughs> right well you know we um uh the, the main thing that you got to remember is chairman and a lot of chairmen, I think, forget this, is that people are there to express their opinion. And being able to express your opinion and to debate is more important sometimes than winning or losing to that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, it's really important that you try to give as much latitude to folks as they can while simultaneously keeping people on topic. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's the fine line, the razor blade that you got to walk down in bare feet, you know. So, yeah. On the one hand, make sure that people have their say, but on the other hand, keep them on topic. And if you can do that, then for the most part, people will be happy. Yeah. yeah. It's hard because these, these committees meet for such a short time. I heard lots of people saying they wish that the committees could have more time. It's hard to carve out three days. Well, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's usually, uh, you know, you've got a couple, three hours to get your work done. Uh, the platform actually went over to the span of two days mm-hmm. so that we were able to get through everything and finish up early on the second day, which was which was good. Um, I have been put in situations where we had 90 minutes to do, you know, 20 different things. And so you're down to four or five minutes per topic, and that gets a little bit of challenge. But, um, no, this, this particular platform committee, the um, committeemen themselves were, uh, were great. I really enjoyed uh, being chairman uh, because the, the debate was good, the points that were being raised were good, and it's really these uh, subcommittees, platform rules especially, are where uh, where you take these ideas that are presented by delegates and start winnowing them and sharpening them and, and refining them before they go to the full committee. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that people didn't, uh, most people didn't understand was with the other committee, the Rules Committee, one of the other committees, uh, that the rules passed at the Rules Committee, unless they pertained directly to the convention, which they, I don't think any of them did this time, mm-hmm. uh, then that those rules that were passed through that committee then go on to the winter meeting of the state party. Now, people say, wait a minute, you just had a meeting. This is a, this is a convention. Well, no, a convention is delegates, uh, and delegates are, uh, you've got, Kootenai County has 65 delegates allocated, and they're, they can be anyone, any Republican in good standing who wants to go, 
and get voted in by their central committee. So a delegate can be a person who doesn't ordinarily have any kind of position in a party. They don't have to be a precinct committeeman. You know, it could be the husband or wife of one, say. And then um, those uh, those delegates all convene, and we had a close to 700 of them for this meeting. Now, a state party meeting is uh, representatives from each of the counties. So you've got the chairman, state committeeman, state committeewoman, and youth committeeman. So each county gets four representatives, and each legislative uh, district gets one. And so Kootenai County would have, for example, eight people representing it instead of 65. So these meetings are, uh, state party meetings are a lot smaller. They might be, you know, 200 people as opposed to uh, 700. And uh, at those meetings is where you actually pass rules and um, the state party resolutions and, uh, you know, you do, you do strictly party work. But the platform, it's only done every two years, and so that's probably the the single feature of the uh, besides the election, the single feature of a convention that's different than, than the state meeting. I'm sorry, that's a very long answer for your no. question. No, it's. I think it's. You know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, like I knew that right, but I it's I ha- I catch myself doing this often where I jump right over things and I don't explain it, and then people come to me later and they're like. What is that? Can you explain it? And then mm-hmm. I find myself being redundant. So the fact that you went into detail like that, I think clears it up for a lot of people. Yeah. So I appreciate that. That's great. So, well, and, and we get, you know, we get slammed by the press for, you know, proposals uh, that are considered at the convention when any delegate, any delegate can uh, put in a rule change or a platform change uh, or a resolution. So you could you can have just the craziest resolution, and the delegate, you know, says, "Oh well, we want to, um, you know, we want to uh, disavow uh, Washington as a, as a state, you know, or something crazy like that." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what'll be in the press is the Idaho Republican Party wants to disavow Washington. No, no, that's, that's one person <laughs> came up with an idea. It has to go through a, a subcommittee first, and it wouldn't get very far. But uh, and then the whole body has to vote on it. So, uh, you know, just because it's a proposal doesn't mean it's the opinion or position of the entire party. And people need to remember that when they're reading these hyperventilating newspaper articles about stuff that we really aren't considering. I had a, an AP reporter talk to me and ask me why the Idaho par- uh, Republican Party was passing a rule to form an um, electoral college for Idaho. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so I don't even know where they where they got that. But you know, this reporter is going around. Oh yeah, it's uh, you're considering it at the convention. I said, well, I was at the convention, and nothing like that happened. Well, so, the, there um, was something in there proposed by Thea Wold that dealt with kind of, and I, I'd have to go back and look mm-hmm. to be to be honest with you. I of course read every single rule, uh, platform, or resolution that they were submitting. But I can't remember the details, but there was something kind of like that. I don't know if it got out. I think there was one thing in the rules that didn't get out. Everything else passed. But I also don't want to speak wrong and and say that that's what it was. But I know that they're referencing something along those lines. But I think it could be misinterpreted as well on their part. Yeah. But even, you know, even if uh, a rule was passed out of committee, 
uh, you know, even if, even if the rule went through the whole process of going through the rules subcommittee and then voted on by the uh, by the full delegation, all that does is say at the wet next winter meeting that rule will be considered by the rules committee. Yeah. So uh, it's still four steps away from being adopted, even right. if, even if it got passed the rules. And I don't think it got through the rules committee. Yeah. That particular one that you're talking. We about. never heard from so, Theo. Um, so I don't think it was rules. No, I haven't had to that, talk to him. No, he's, yeah. Well, I know it was somewhere uh, in there. Unless unless he pulled it back, you know, that could be as well, too. But I do remember seeing it in the email. Yeah, I saw him in resolutions. Okay. I was sitting on the floor. That room was packed. We yeah. need bigger rooms for these. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had we had one of the theaters, and it was it was pretty well packed as well. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, what was there? It any- just shows you what political. It just shows you what political junkies a lot of us are because this is entertainment. You know, you pay money and bring popcorn to watch this happen. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, I can't remember who said it, but somebody's like, "This is your Disneyland, isn't it?" Uh huh. You know, because I was kind of hyping people up about it, like, "Hey, this is going to be a lot of fun." You know, I've been to this before. It's fun to be a delegate. Like, don't it let is. people fool you. It's not work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is work, and it's yeah. very important, but. I think Bjorn said it perfect. It's almost like a family reunion. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's like with people like you, Bjorn mm-hmm. and my goodness, Nina was a rock star from oh, yeah. up in Kootenai. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you see these people and you're friends with them online. Right. But it's so great yeah. to actually meet people, shake their hands mm-hmm. and really get an expression because when somebody types something, you don't, you don't know right. what their mood is or what their personality is like. So, to see people, and I think we're all just really excited to be there. Yeah, it was a big family yeah. reunion for sure. Yeah, and we're yeah, starting no, to recruit for next time. We're like, who else wants to go? It's so much fun. There's been so many pictures online that I don't remember that two years ago. I think we are going to have much more interest this next time, just from people seeing that it was fun and it was worthy of our time. So check yeah, this. No, out. It, go, ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that you know that we. We had a full contingent of 65 delegates. I think we had four alternates go awesome. all the way down, uh, you know, which was a nine-hour drive. And uh, I was able to uh, cycle in all the dele- all the alternates so that every alternate got a chance to be down on the floor and participate. So nobody went down there and ended up just, you know, not doing anything, cool. um, which I thought was, you know, it, it was good for them. It was good for everybody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's good to, for me to stand up and turn around and look at our delegation and see every seat filled. I mean, that's, uh, uh, that really says something, especially at the end of the, at the end of Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no kidding. There was a, we had, we had a couple people that had to leave because they had flights or whatever to get home, but, um, everybody was there. We had 65 of our delegates vote, um, in the, uh, for the leadership. And I was up there checking them in as they went through, and it was 65 and 65. So, yeah, you guys, Bonner. Very happy for that. Very proud of those guys. Yeah, you guys yeah. rock. Oh, yeah, Bonner <laughs> and Shoshone and, you know, all these northern counties. It's a trek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they were uh, they were diligent. Got down there. I think Cornell Razor put 1,400 miles on his on his car. Yeah, I <laughs> saw that. Going on his back. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, man. <laughs> You know, what's funny about Bonner. The one thing I noticed about them is whenever it was, you know, we had to stand up Mm. as a county, Mm -hmm. they looked so militant and uniformed. Like you could almost hear the shuffle at the exact same time. Like when some, you know, about face and everybody turns and 
whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> Their seats all lift yeah, at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that was. Well, a, oh, go ahead. Th- two years ago, Kootenay County got a reputation. We were at the Ford Center uh, down in Boise. Mm-hmm. And we were stuck because of COVID. We were way up in the high bleachers, way back in a corner. And we, we were joking, it was the nosebleed section, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, whenever they'd call out Kootenay, I would yell at the top of my lungs. You know, we had 41 delegates at that one. I would yell, you know, Kootenay County, 41, I, or nay, or whatever. But we had a unified vote, and I'd be screaming at the top of my lungs yeah. from way up high. And then whenever, you know, whenever they acknowledge us or anything, we'd always make a lot of noise. I told the, the delegates, I said, let's make sure they know we're here. <laughs> That's <laughs> and funny. So, and that was... So that got everybody there were saying, Oh boy, I wanna I wanna be like Kootenai County. So this year we got a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot more unity uh in the counties and in the delegations and, and I was glad to see that because that you know, that uh, camaraderie uh really lightens the load for lack of a better term. You know, it, it makes being down there more fun and you're with friends and everybody's having a good time and it's mm-hmm. just uh um you know, it helps the whole process. Yeah. Bonneville. Bonneville looked oh. like rock stars, too. Oh, yeah. This, was, this oh, yeah. was a big <laughs> one for them. Well, yeah, Bonneville had a bone to pick, and, and they picked it clean. Oh, they did. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, I, I, I remember uh, before the convention, uh, Tom Luna, Chairman Luna, called me, and he wanted to know if, if he had my support. And I said, Tom, I got to tell you, um, I'm not so foolish as to go against the will of my committee. And if the election were today, my committee would not be in your camp. I said, and he goes, well, why? We didn't sue Kootenai County. I said, no, you, you know, you go and, and you, you beat up our sister and then you wonder why we don't want to be your friend. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, when you're on the county side of this and you see, wait a minute, they, they just sued Bonneville. And are we next? Yeah. You know, is the question. Mm-hmm. Was this even appropriate? And, and why was it done unilaterally? And, you know, why did Frank Vandersloot write a $10,000 check to make it happen? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of counties going, wait a minute, you know, am I, uh, am I next? In fact, there was a bunch of stickers going around that said, don't sue me, bro. I got one on my, <laughs> he did. I got one and I, I loved when I went to vote and they're like, flip it around, you know, flip your badge around so they could mark that you voted. Uh-huh. And it right there says, yeah. don't sue me, bro. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I want know, the shirt. I had one of those too. I want the shirt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and, and that kind of set the tone. And uh, we had the first vote um, uh, when we voted, I don't know, some, some measure early on. And, um, you know, it, it kind of showed the division right there. And uh, we, I was pretty sure that was going to happen. And people keep coming up to me and ask me, you know, after the vote, how do you think this is going to go? How do you think this is going to go? And I said, well, the only one I'm worried about uh, was the vice chair, Michelle Hamilton, mm-hmm. even though she's a staunch conservative, mm-hmm. um, she's, she's in the, the group that's getting ousted. Yep. And, uh, I think the vote margins were about 150 between all but hers. And she lost by only eight votes. Yeah. Eight or nine votes. Nine. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that's unfortunate because Michelle has just been a absolute rock star conservative. You know, she's done so much for the party at so many different levels. But, you know, Dan Silver is a uh, young Republican. He's done great work there. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, I don't see that as a as a real loss. I, I just feel bad for Michelle. Right. And, um, I'm sure that we'll find or she'll find uh, mm-hmm. something in the party that uh, where she can help out again. And yeah. I look forward to that. She's a great person. Everybody loves her. She's just fantastic. Yeah. 
She's she's honestly, Brent, and you know this, even being in Kootenai, she is a rock in Canyon County. She is. She is the foundation. Oh, yeah. I, I don't care what any of the establishment says. She is the foundation that we have built the conservative side of the Republican Party on here in recent years, and she's yeah. been involved. Yeah. She actually told me, she's like, I think this is the first time I haven't been mm-hmm. in the, you know, an elected member of the party in like mm-hmm. 20 plus years or something like that. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I, again, she, um, I think the, uh, the, the Wasden faction in Canyon County came after her a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been kind of chasing around since then. But I think now that they're, they're kind of fading from the scene that she'll be, she'll be around. I mean, oh, she's, yeah. she's rock solid. And, um, you know, we're, we're good friends. I'm really looking forward to working with her again. She was the secretary on the platform committee, and, and it's just something, you know, I don't have to worry about when she's there because I know she has, knows how to do the job. She knows what's required, and, um, you know, she's just friendly and fun and, and great to work with. So yeah. With I can tell you right now, for me, I, I'm sure even in Canyon County, we'll probably have her head some sort of committee. Right. Something. Something. Well, there, there's well, absolutely a place to. for her. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't want talent like that going to waste. No kidding. Uh, I remember. Uh, I remember in Cooney County a few years back, Ruthie Johnson, who is what was was Miss Republican. I mean, she was the Republican Party, the uh, you know absolute um, uh, matriarch of the, of the Republican Party because she she did the fourteen or fifteen RNC conventions. Wow! And those are only for every four years. Mm-hmm. You know, you have fifteen national conventions. She was wow. ninety five years old. <laughs> and um, she had uh, she had to move out of her house after her husband died. She moved out of her house, moved to an assisted living facility, and it was out of her precinct into a precinct that was already occupied. And she was heartbroken; she couldn't be on the committee. And so I went. Um, I told her, "Just show up the next meeting, Ruthie. Just just come. I want you there." And so she came, and then I got up and I I made the motion to create a. Um, uh, an honorary position of a state committee woman emeritus and that we would appoint Ruthie to that position. And it was, I mean, unanimous. Everybody jumped up and applauded and thought that was a great idea. And, you know, she was delighted. Uh, and so she continued her role uh, with us and uh, was able to contribute. And, I awesome. mean, that's, that, that's what this is all about, to make sure that, that people who want to get involved can be involved and stay involved. And when you got somebody as talented as that, you want to make sure that, um, you put them to use. Yeah. You know, crack the whip, make them work. <laughs> yep. yep. Don't, don't let them retire. That's right. <laughs> no, no, we want everybody to come and help. And I know when it felt like God shut the door in Canyon County with her for that chair, God opened the door for her to be that first vice chair. So I'm like, I'm excited to see where he moves her next. Cause it'll be, there, there you go. You know, yeah. yeah. It'll be good. Well, Brent, so, I have to ask you, anyhow, but that was my only, that was my only kind of sadness out of all this. Uh, the rest, I couldn't have been happier. I think Mark Fuller uh, and uh, Dorothy. Dorothy's going to be just phenomenal. Um, uh, watch out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to see that uh, uh, leadership just take off because she is not a low-energy person. No, I'm sure the train has <laughs> yeah. already left the station. She's already on it. Yeah, right. Yep. I, I, I overheard a, she was having a phone conversation with somebody that was on speaker. She knew I was there, but we were overheard. Hey, I'm going down there next Monday, and we're going to have this meeting and get everybody together. And she's going off at, you know, 90 miles an hour right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And Love I'm it. thinking, okay, this is going to be, hang, 
get your seatbelts fastened, put on your helmet. It's going to be a ride. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Canyon's ready to help. We want to help her, whatever oh, we absolutely. can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and we are as well. So mm-hmm. um, I think the uh, uh, I'm going to, at our next meeting, I'm going to talk about to our committee about uh, donating some money, some money, some of our money to the yes. state party, just uh, as a show of, of support. Love it. To get so, that rolling again. So a lot of people that. were holding. Yeah, oh, holding. holding back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they weren't happy what was going on. And I, uh, it's like, right. well, <laughs> Bjorn Handine, uh, used to use that meme from, um, uh, Captain Phillips where the, you have the uh, pirate on the deck of the ship and they've taken over the, the ship and the, the pirate looks at, uh, the Smalley pirate looks at Captain Phillips and says, look at me. Uh, I'm the captain now. And so <laughs> Bjorn, Bjorn's saying was, look at me, look at me. I'm the establishment now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, I know. Yeah. You know, in the, uh, in the, uh, op-ed I wrote mm-hmm. uh, that was published today. Uh-huh. That was one thing I really focused on. Brent, I know you know this, and, and I'm sure the listeners know this as well. You know, gosh, now I lost my train of thought. I know, because you I know what red. I'm going to say, but I, yeah, <laughs> I, like, I'm red right I over here. I just like, say that? Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyways. So we'll go ahead and, and reset the Biden teleprompter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> quote, unquote, repeat line. Well, you know, it's like That's with it. my... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. No, I... Go ahead. We can scratch all that. <laughs> yeah, we can, we're cutting all this, by the way. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyways, no, it's kind of like with the op-ed that I wrote that was published today, right? One of the things I pointed out is I did what you know what both sides, both parties do. Everybody does it. It's a fundraising tactic, which is you kind of put a little bit of fear, you mm-hmm. know, behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Fear does drive money. And I said, hey, look, with conservatives now running the Republican Party here in Idaho. Democrats are going to use this as fuel and they are going to fundraise and fight harder than ever. Like crazy, yeah. And we need to Open fundraise as well. We yep. have to. And look, I'll be honest with you. Outside of paying for, you know, going to like uh, an event, right? Mm-hmm. Or like the Lincoln dinners. I don't give money to the party. Mm-hmm. I never have. And I'll tell you why. I've always felt that my money was, I was being a better steward of my money by giving it to the candidates. But for the first time, I am going to make sure that I am fully doing my part in funding the Republican party. And I'll tell you why it's, it's going to be detrimental to the conservative side of the party. Mm -hmm. If Dorothy is not successful in all aspects, they will look, use that against her Mm -hmm. in two years. So what I want to do is I want to make sure that we are fully funding the party. And that was one thing I pointed out in that article. But one thing that people kind of brushed off to side and they didn't think about it. And I pointed out is when Dorothy ran for secretary of state, she got into the race late, mm-hmm. right? One of right. her opponents, Mary Souza, raised, I think, like 137, 157,000, something like that. Mm-hmm. Dorothy, who got in months later, mm-hmm. you know, fundraised $100,000 more than her oh, in a wow. shorter period of time. Wow. So Dorothy knows how Dorothy. to raise money. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I trust her, yeah. so I'm going to give. I've I, never given before. Well, it's kind of like, you know, everybody's like, hey, and I'm not taking anything away from Tom Luna. He did a phenomenal job at fundraising. What did he raise, 2.7? 2.6 uh, 2. 2. something, yeah. Something? So let's do five. But yeah. uh, don't be surprised if we surpass that. No, we better. That's all I'm going to say. We better. I think so. we we have to have goals. Well, you know, the, the, uh, the conservatives have been, you know, the, the plucky rebels and the upstarts and the, uh, you know, the alliance, the rebel alliance, if you will, for mm-hmm. a long time. And uh, I warned our committee, I, I warned the conservatives on our committee, and, you know, as 
show that we're worthy of it. We have to behave in a way that's different. We can't just be the, the people that are objecting and having problems. We have to bring solutions, and we have to show competency, and we have to show professionalism. And, uh, you know, when we go, we got to have our act together and make sure that um, we're not running around like loons. Yeah. And uh, this is, you know, the human nature when you have these shifts in power is that the group that was in power, when they're, when they, when it tips the, the scale to their not being in power, when you get over that 50% margin not in power, then you have a lot of the people that were used to being there saying, well, wait a minute, I'm not in power anymore. Well, so, you know, uh, you can go to heck and I'm, I'm leaving. And Twin Falls did that. They mm-hmm. actually, I mean, they're the host delegation and they got up and left. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, you get to sleep in your own bed not only tonight, but every night. Mm-hmm. And I came, you know, from the farthest other end of the state I could to be here. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, well, I didn't get my way, so I'm, I'm going home. Taking my ball and going home. And mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of attitude um, doesn't really help anyone. But it, what that does is that triggers, you know, more people who are inclined to do that to do that. And then you, instead of being a, a, a 49-51 shift, it becomes a 60-40 or 70-30. Because the folks that were in power saying, "Well, I'm not going to do this anymore," and then they got a, you know, it's a long time before they uh, they get up enough forces to, if they ever do come back. Yeah. And uh, so that that happened, uh, and it'll continue to happen. So um, it'll be interesting to kind of track it. Be, but you, you're absolutely right uh, that the you know traditional Republicans, call them conservative, call them whatever you want. They're the people who get stuff done and just want to be left alone, mm-hmm. right? We just don't, we don't want you coming along and telling us what we got to do and how we got to do it and all that. We just want government to run, we, with the trains to show up on time and the, the streetlights to come on and the sewers to run and the water to come out of the pipe. And the rest of it, just, you know, just go away. Don't, don't bother me with it. But now that we've got this, you know, this anarchy that's coming at us, and we've got people that don't know what a woman is, and uh, the and all the the mandates from the pandemic and so forth. That you reach the point where, well, it's like you know you got kids having a party. Mom and dad's over in the den, and the kids are off in the garage or something having a party. And finally, they, you, you've just had enough, and you got to go in there, and the adults have to take charge. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening now. I think that's yeah. the, the they've pushed the button hard enough, long enough. And far enough that people just said, "That's it. I, I'm getting out of my chair, and I'm going to go do something." That's right. <laughs> and yeah. collectively, I think that's what's happening here. That we've had enough. Um, you know, I have had enough of you, and uh, they're fighting back. And these aren't people that you want to anger or piss off because once they set their their mind to doing something, they get it done. Yeah. And then once it's done, they'll go back to you know running their lives and getting out of people's faces. And uh, is doing what they got to do on a daily basis. So yeah. uh, I really sense that. I sense that there's been a, a, a paradigm shift. It started two, two years ago with just a just a hint or just a crack, but that door is swung wide open now, and oh, yeah. uh, people are pouring through. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've seen the the progression of King and County and what's happened. I mean, even last time we spoke, mm-hmm. you were talking about the the numbers and the data behind the city council races and, you know, the school board races and the things that we want, because we want eight out of eight here in Nampa. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I know it's, it's continuing. Like 
I wish I could take credit for it. I wish I could say I had something to do with it, but you know what it is? It's these, uh, it's these strong-willed moms over here who are getting pissed off at what's happening to their kids. Mm-hmm. They're speaking up, yeah. and I just grabbed onto their superhero cape and tagged along. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we, you know, we up in Kootenai County, we did our, our rating and vetting, mm-hmm. which we've been refining for the last two years. So good. And we, we had a, we've got a full set of three committees that handles this now. We've got a, a recruitment committee that goes out and finds candidates. Those candidates are then turned over to a rating and vetting committee, and they're different people than the ones that find them. So you can't say, this is my guy, he's okay. You know, no, no. You got purchasing, and you got quality control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the quality control, make sure that uh, what you got are quality candidates. They know what they're doing. They don't have bankruptcies or, you know, been thrown in jail or whatever in their past. And the, the social media account doesn't have a bunch of lunacy on it. And then um, once you have that, then we go to a uh, our full committee has a meeting special meeting for just this and we go over all the information that we've got uh this last may we had we paid twenty thousand dollars to have a statewide professional poll done we um looked at the secretary of state site to tell you how much everybody raised how many donors they have we had uh background checks we had the reports from the rating and vetting committee we had uh um, all kinds of information about them and then we went and discussed each and every single race uh, in the committee, and, and various committeemen could stand up and give testimony about the candidate, who they thought would be the better one or whatever. And we went through and, and we made 25 recommended candidates at the primary, state, local, um, and uh, you know, county. And uh, of those 25, and, and then we put that on our sample ballot and went, uh, started up the campaign committee, and the campaign committee was responsible for, you know, promoting our central committee, promoting our, our recommended candidate list, uh, and, you know, doing that as much as we could. Of the 25 candidates that were on our recommended candidate list, all of them won in North Idaho. All yeah. of them. Wow. All I have to say, though, is I'm so glad Canyon hasn't done that in the past because it wouldn't have gone our way. But guess what? We just had a motion last month to start these committees and it passed. And we, right. yeah, we'll be doing it. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you've been refining and, and, it and we get a watch. Right. And you taught us yeah. at convention. Well, you know, and, and we, you know, we, we met, wanted to test out all the things wrong that you could do. Yeah, right. <laughs> We've been doing that. Iron that out. <laughs> yeah. And so. And so, uh, oh, what did you learn here? Well, we learned not to do that, and uh, so on. Anyhow, but we, we're helping other committees that want to be involved, want to do this kind of stuff. We'll, we've been, you know, given, well, at the meeting down there, we gave a, a class to about 60 people um, from all over the state who uh, were wondering how this thing worked, and we briefed them on that. And, uh, you know, we're happy to move moving forward to help metastasize this idea that um, people who are, and the grassroots of politics actually should express their opinion. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, the, the media and the Democrats are screaming, how dare you tell anybody who you think you should vote for? And, and we're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. Of course you should. That's the First Amendment right. It's political speech. Of course. That's, that's the job of central committees is to <laughs> make sure we got candidates and to uh, tune them up and make sure that uh, uh, people know about them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we should be doing. And this idea that Democrats can affiliate Republican and vote in our primary to pick our team and then go and pick their team as well, um, you know, is a little, uh, it's a little un-American. No, it's a lot un-American. 
Yeah. Yeah. Brent, can I, I ask that, you? Uh, I'm sorry. I wanted to ask you a question about that process. Let's say, let's say we implement here. I'm I'm trying to see what you would do, what you guys do in this situation. Let's say we implement it here, and we have a phenomenal legislator, right? Uh, we all pretty much yeah. agree that hey, this is our rock star of Canyon County. Talking about Tammy. Of uh-huh. course, I'm talking about Tammy. <laughs> I wasn't going to say any names, but, uh, you know, let's say that somebody decides they want to run against her as what would your, you know, what would you guys do in that situation? Would you entertain it or would you say, hey, we're happy with what we have? I guess. Here's, no, here's what's important. Process is important. And it's important to you, not only to uh, the, the public, it's more important to your central committee, because if you start saying, oh, no, this this person here, they're untouchable. Mm-hmm. No. Everybody. Everybody goes through the process. And uh, you go ahead and do a questionnaire. You do your interviews. You do your candidate forums. You do your rating and vetting. And you have this fixed process that everybody goes through. Now, you may know who's going to come out on top when you start the process. Mm-hmm. You all may already know with, you know, 92% certainty who's going to come out. But you give the person who wants to challenge a fair shot. I like that. I like that, that a lot. That, you know, and mm-hmm. just say, here, go. See, do your best to convince the committee. Right. Yeah. You know, I had, I and I personally uh, donated to two of statewide offices. I gave $5,000 to uh, Art McAmer and I gave $5,000 to Mary Susan. Art is Art's my attorney. Mary mm-hmm. Susan, I've known since the Tea Party days. We're, we're, we're friends. And, but I, I, this was right when they first announced, like the day they announced, I said, here's five grand, time to pump, go out there. You, everybody up here likes you, but you're unknown in the rest of the state. Go and make your case. And, you know, here's the money to show that I'm serious about wanting you to do the best you can. And they go off and, and start campaigning statewide. But then I, I, and I also told them later that when the committee decides, who they're gonna uh, who they're gonna recommend? I am gonna not only vote, not only recommend that person. I'm gonna vote for them. Uh, because I wouldn't ask anybody on the committee to do anything I wouldn't do. That's great. And so, in order to keep the unity of, the, of our committee and our party together here in Sydney County, I, I said I will, and and that actually happened. We ended up uh, recommending Raul, and we ended up recommending Dorothy. And so the two people that I had, you know, given money to each, and here I'm the chairman. So that's kind of proof that the chairman doesn't get his pick. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't a smoky backroom deal. This isn't, this is uh, all the members of our central committee. We've got 73 uh, precincts in Kootenai County. And I think we had 60 last time. I think 44 people participated in the last rating and vetting. We've got about 13 open seats and a few people couldn't make it that night. But, um, you get all those people together, and I'm not so arrogant to say that my judgment is better than all of theirs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turned out that, uh, you know, we are the folks we recommended once in Kootenai County, even the statewide offices, you know. Um, Janice won, Priscilla won, uh, uh, Dustin won uh, in, in Kootenai County. Mm-hmm. And so uh, by, by wide margin. And so, um, you know, this is, uh, it's important to have the process down. And it's important that as soon as you start making exceptions, then you're just opening the door to corruption. Yeah. 
No, I like I like and, what you and, said. You I know, think it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if somebody wants to. Okay, well, let's run them through the process. Let's interview them. Let's give them a fair shake. And at the end of the day, you say, well, I have this known quantity, which is excellent, and I have this other unknown quantity, which sounds pretty good, but I'm going to go with the one I know. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's what will happen. But, yeah. um, you know, it's still, you still have to do it and be fair about it. We, had, we sent out a bunch of invitations early on to folks to uh, participate in the process. We sent out emails. We sent out letters to people who couldn't email. And then, of course, after we came out with our our recommended list, the ones that didn't get the recommendation were like, oh, your process is horrible, it's terrible, and, and you didn't invite us. Hmm. And I'm thinking, well, if it's so horrible and terrible, why why are you complaining that we didn't invite you? When, in fact, we did. I had a I had a couple of city council members. This wasn't, wasn't this election, but the one before, there were city council races up. And they in the paper, they said, oh, no. They're, they're lying. They didn't invite us. Well, I did a public record request and found the email in their inbox where they were invited. And so, um, you know, you you uh, you got to watch out for that kind of stuff. And those are some of the things that we, some of the lessons that we've learned. So when we invite people to participate, we send them uh, an email to their government account that we can get a public records request, or we send them a letter with a, a certified letter with return mm. receipt requested so we can prove that that you know they don't even think about um, blaming us for not wanting to participate. But yeah, the ones that the ones that criticize it and then complain about not participating, there's a whole joke about the two little old ladies that are, that are having uh, thinking about going to lunch. One of them says, "Well, why don't we go to the restaurant on the corner?" And the other one says, "Yes, but their food is terrible. I can hardly stand to eat it." And then the first one says, "Oh yes, and such small portions too." So. <laughs> <laughs> You complain about something and then and then complain you didn't get it. I, I you know, I can't follow that. But yeah. there you go. Yeah. Let me ask you one more question on that and then I want to go back to the convention. You have an elected representative or senator. Do you have them repeat the process every two years as well? I think that's what you said. Uh, yeah, I mean you want to you want to bring them in and, and uh, ask them to do the questionnaire if you're doing that and also interview them and uh, but now you've got a history. You know, we've got like an IFF score on them, mm, on their voting history. Gotcha. We can ask them specific, more specific questions about, you know, what's going on. I remember um, uh, Peter Riggs was at a forum uh, this last time, and he gave this really unfortunate answer. To, he, he, we were asking why he doesn't cut back funding uh, on uh, for these programs that are going astray. And he goes, well, you can't just cut them back because then they won't be organized in housing. you got to wait for them to come up with a plan for how to cut it back. Whoa. And everybody kind of looked at it and said, no, that's not mm-hmm. how that works. Cause they'll, no. That's like saying the you've got a, an obese child and yeah, keep um, you eat you know, candy <laughs> and, and uh, a soda pop and you're waiting for him to come up with a diet plan. Right. <laughs> someday. Someday it'll... <laughs> that, that's a, yeah, that's acceptable. Know. Until then, you just keep giving them candy and soda. Right. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it, uh, yeah, I, I, again, you, you have them do the process. And you're not, this isn't, uh, they're elected representatives. They're not, they're not kings and potentates. We don't venerate them. Uh, they're there to serve the people, and we're thankful for that. And if you want to do it for six or eight years, then, uh, you know, good for you. But you're obviously getting some out of the deal as well, so let's make sure that uh, you know every couple of years we 
step back and said, are you really doing the job we want you to do? Because mm-hmm. the way the, the pressures that are pushing on people, down invoices, the go along, the get along, you know, it's a, it's a tribal thing that you, you really want to be part of the club. And that's a, a subtle but constant pressure. And, you know, you could take a, a giant oil tanker and you could push on it with your finger. And if you push on it long enough, it's going to move, right? Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, it'll move. And even the most stalwart conservatives and, and you know, rock-solid, rock uh, rock-rib conservatives that go down to Boise, there's pressure on them to, mm-hmm. you know, go along, get along, and, and, you know, you do this for me now and I'll do this for you later kind of thing. And so it's good that every two years you check in on, on them and, you, you know, you hold them up to the light uh, make sure that mm-hmm. you, yeah make sure everything's still there and mm-hmm. uh and also from their side they know that's going to happen mm-hmm. right so they're not thinking oh i can i can shine this on now because they're going to give me a pass no if you say hey i'm i'm going to put you under the microscope again mm-hmm. and they say, okay well i better be clean yeah you don't get a and pass. so i think i think that's mm-hmm. good for everybody i think quality control is is essential, and uh, I would strongly encourage you to take, I don't care how long they've been in the seat, to um, pull them in, and hell, they, at the very least, they can say, yeah, I've, I've, I haven't moved a bit, I'm as solid as I ever was, and you can say, yes, you are, mm-hmm. and we know it because we just looked. Yep. And uh, so I don't see a downside to doing it. No. no. Yeah. They, they might That's get, great. the ones that get fussy about it probably have something to hide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. True. No, I think that's you know? great. Yeah, I, I'm. I, like I said, well, I sat through that presentation with Kirsten. Mm-hmm. I was thoroughly impressed. I was like, man, you know, it's again, it's. We're, I appreciate the fact that you guys are doing these things, and you know, setting new standards. And you guys are the test. <laughs> you know, the test dummies. <laughs> no, we're but, like that. Yeah. Be you know, like Kootenay is yeah. my motto. Yeah. Well, I think everybody looks at you guys as. I mean, I don't think I. Th- I know everybody looks at you guys as the. The county party to emulate. Yep. Everybody wants to beat you or be you. Yep. Or both. Right. Well, and and I I, I welcome them to, uh, to to beat us at what we're doing. Uh, the problem with Kootenai County is they're unfortunate that their chairman um, does research and development and is an inventor and is used to doing things and not having them work, and then you know uh, tweaking them and and changing them and massaging them to make them work. Mm-hmm. And not being afraid to try something that might not work, but then afterwards, you know, you take your lessons learned and, and turn around and do that again. And so this whole process has been evolving over time. And, uh, you know, we started out with, with an elections committee and a committee we called the uh, diversity committee. And the diversity committee was, was specifically tasked with finding candidates in nonpartisan offices. But then after a while, we realized that the, the Nonpartisanism is no more. There's no such thing as a nonpartisan office. Mm-hmm. You've got people who believe in the Republican par- platform and people who believe in the Democrat platform. And whether they're Republicans or Democrats, uh, it doesn't really matter. So we want to put people who believe in the policies articulated in our platform in every elected office that has any kind of budgetary authority. And uh, that's how you do it. Otherwise, you end up with uh, you end up with a bunch of Democrats who like big spending and big government uh, running your water districts and your school boards and your sewer districts and, and uh, your highway districts. And 
that, and then you go to look at your property tax bill and go, what the heck is going on here? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what's going on there. you got the wrong people in elected office, even though it's a sewer district. You know, everyone matters. Yeah. And uh, that's where folks get trained, frankly, for higher office. So you get somebody on a school board, and, and they do a really good job there, and you say, okay, well, we got a, you know, uh, the legislature has a seat opened up. You want to go try going to Boise? Mm-hmm. And uh, you did such a good job here. And then they have kind of the the skill set, you know, how to operate in a committee and, and how to uh, function in that environment. They feel uh, at ease in doing that. And they can focus on the important work at hand. Yeah. Now, I think that's great. And, uh, you know, you actually have somebody, I believe, on your committee, uh, you said, who actually lowered a tax by 1%. That's actually still a member of your yeah, committee? Yeah, that was. Uh, that was Jeff Tyler. He got on the uh, Post Falls Highway District, and uh, they went in there. And there was one other uh, committee member that, that, or one other fellow candidate that we had endorsed. So it was two guys out of three, and they said, "Well, and Jeff came up with the idea. He says, well, if we move this over here and do this here and and do this, we can actually lower our our budget by one percent." Oh wow! And they and they were like, "Oh my God! How, how did okay?" And then they went to try and do it, and the software that they were using didn't know how it couldn't accommodate a drop <laughs> there were the negative numbers yeah yeah yeah. and so they had to they had to go in there and figure out how to do that but they actually had uh a, you know a one percent decrease and it's you know it's, it's a penny out of a dollar mm-hmm. but still it's in the right direction yeah mm-hmm. and it never the shocking thing is it never that happened, happened before right yeah <clears throat> you know so uh we need we need stuff like that to happen so there's an existence proof that it can happen yeah, absolutely. So one of the things we passed from the resolution was the partisan municipal elections. Dar Moon wrote it, and Dorothy was a co-sponsor along with Custer County, and it passed by voice vote, and then we as a body passed that. So does this mean that the Republicans are saying this is what we want, and so now what legislation has to happen, or what, what's the Well, next step? you know, yeah, you can have legislation that says it's going to be a, um, a partisan office, and you can, you know, you can declare your if it's a Republican or a Democrat, I'm not sure how that would work for on a primary sense if you would have a primary or, but that's, you know, that's for the legislature to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a resolution is just a, basically your opinion. It's yep. the opinion of the party that we should be doing. Good. And then uh, the legislature will still have to figure it out. But the critical thing it does uh, for the party is it tells us that there are no, uh, there are no nonpartisan elections. And that we should be getting involved in the school districts and the and the water districts and so forth and the and the school boards and, and all that and that those are important and uh, you know we've got the the glorious thing about uh, central committees is that they are a really good cross section of the county you live in you know we've got seventy three precincts from really hard rural all the way down to, you know, downtown Coeur d'Alene, one of the biggest population centers in the state. And so you get a really good cross-section idea of what everybody needs. Now, there's no other organizations like that. You know, you got these PACs that start up, but they're self-selected, you know, a bunch of friends or buddies or country club or, you know, uh, realtors or some other function that joins them besides politics and representation. But precinct committeemen, they are voted on in the primary by the people in their neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And 
the central committee doesn't get to pick who's you know who comes on it. It's all it's the individual voters. You now, fifteen hundred voters in each one of the precincts mm-hmm. picks a person, oh. and uh, you know that's uh, that's pretty powerful. And and that's why I was saying earlier that um, you know you don't you may be the smartest person in the room, but you're not smarter than everybody in the room. Mm-hmm. And I, I did a before our last rating meeting, uh, I got a jar, a half pint jar, and I filled it full of M and M, you know, little round hard candy. And I sat it on the table where people were coming in, and I said, I told everybody, take a look at the jar. I want you to guess how many M and M's. When we do roll call, I want you to give me a number. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I'd heard of this experiment, it's called the wisdom of the crowd. And so everybody came in, and we called roll, and they'd give a number. And I, I, was, I had a spreadsheet open. I was entering the number. The secretary was recording the roll, but I was entering the number in my spreadsheet. And when we were done with that, I said, all right. And I explained the experiment, which is that um, nobody will get the, exactly the right answer. But the average of everybody's guess will be really close to how many that are actually in here. And I said, let's find out. And I, mm-hmm. so I took my spreadsheet, added it all up, and I said, the average from everybody's guess, was uh, 463. And so I told the secretary, I said, open the jar and look in the lid. She opened the jar, and I had counted them. I actually counted them all out. Mm-hmm. And under the lid was the number. The number was 458. Oh, wow. And everybody was like, whoa! Right. You know, and the nearest, the nearest guess was like 10 off. But the, it was, uh, it was uh, <laughs> like 8. We were within eight, 6 or 8 just by the average of everybody's guess. And that's when I explained to him. I said, "Today, when we, tonight when we do this, we, we know that everybody's combined wisdom is smarter than any individual. And so when we vote, you should, you should uh, take that seriously and think, okay, that is the right person and, and get behind them. And I did that deliberately just to, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know it was going to work. I'd never done that experiment before. And I was kind of shocked that it worked so well too. But um, uh, it really set the mood for the rest of the meeting where uh, people, okay, let's, let's do this together. And then when we voted, I think the biggest disparity in votes was something like 30, uh, 30 there were 44 votes, so it was 32, uh, no, 35 to 9 was the biggest discrepancy. Most were within one or two, like 42 to 2 or that. So we had better than 90% uh, agreement among all the committeemen as to who That's great. Uh, we should recommend. Makes and so when nice. people walked out of there, they were thinking, that was a really good meeting, and I have a lot of faith in the folks that we selected. Yeah. That's and that, awesome. then, now that energy carries through, and they can go out, the volunteers, and everybody else just gets really enthusiastic about it, and they're happy to go out and do the work. Because, you know, there's nothing worse than, than having your guy not win and then have to go around and pass out their their material yeah do you think do you uh, think it's always this clear as this last election i felt like it was just very clear though did you on how you're at all the the candidates running it it was well yeah i mean from us we had we had guys that we we were pretty sure uh obviously uh you know (laughs) The, the previous election, there was one guy that was running for Hayden City Council who got zero votes but ended up winning because there was another group that got behind him and really pushed. 
and he turned out to be another disaster. And nobody on our committee voted for us. They all had a sense that he was not right for the job. And now this other group that had endorsed this fellow uh, has come to us and said, that was a real mistake. We're going to listen closer to you next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we yeah, had- a good process, a solid process, and, uh, you know, good data, and you're going to get good results. Yeah, we had some problems in Canyon with just, you know, two conservatives in a race with one that's not as, you know, more moderate. What do you do about that? Yeah. Well, now coming off this, once you've you've got a record, eight on eight, and now next time when you do this process, the other guy's going to think, you know what, I I don't feel like going on. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, withdraw my name. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and you say to that person, you know, good. Okay, we'll we'll be happy to look for something for you in the future if you want to get back involved. And mm-hmm. if you're going to be the conservative and he steps aside, um, we had that happen uh, in one of our races just this last election. Uh, you know, great guy Roger Garlock um, was in the race, but he didn't get the committee's endorsement. He goes, you know what? You guys are smart enough to know what's going on. I'm going to step away. Mm, that's and nice. uh, and we, you know, he got a standing ovation at our next central committee meeting. Right. Yeah, because if he hadn't have done that, we wouldn't have had a perfect record. Yeah, and um, uh, I told him, I said, you, "Whatever you want to run for, we'll get behind you now." I mean, that's because he's a good guy. Yeah, you know, there's, he would have he would have been uh, a good candidate as well. But mm-hmm. and it was a hard decision. You know, these people are your friends. Yep. And uh, one of them, you got to say no, thank you to. And that's you know, it's tough. But um, if he comes around again, and he wants to run for something. He'll have broadband support because he's, you know, he demonstrated that he was doing it for the right reason. No, which I love that. His own, you know, his own gratification and, and aggrandization, but uh, because he was, he wanted to help out the community and uh, he, he thought he was the best guy to do the job. But if he wasn't, uh, if somebody else could do it better, that's great. I think that's so important that's, to find candidates that's that are really willing. What you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. These folks that, you know, they didn't win and now they're pissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know. Anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. Brent, was there any of the resolutions or proposed platform changes uh, that really stuck out to you that you were excited to see? That I was what? I'm e- sorry, I didn't quite e- catch that. Yeah, excited to see. Um, You know, the, uh, the education platform change, mm-hmm. which... Um, uh, make sure that the school funding goes with the kids. You know, we've had these recent Supreme Court decisions. All the Blaine amendments now are dead. So money can follow the, the student. We need, we desperately, desperately need uh, free market forces acting on education um, in order to improve education. Education system now is a complete failure for our students. It's not the teacher's fault. You know, I've, I've written articles about this. You take uh, you know, we spend close to ten thousand dollars on every student. We've got a class of twenty-five students. That's two hundred fifty thousand mm. dollars. The teachers making sixty. Right. Where's the rest of the money going? Yeah. You know, and it's going into this, this calcified bureaucracy, mm-hmm. where you got you know the the school administration hires people to do to fill out reports as to why so much money is being spent on administration. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's nuts. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm not. I mean, that's that's not a joke. That's a literal thing. Yeah. And um, you know, I was I served on a school district. So I've seen this stuff up close. And uh, you know, this kind of lunacy has to end. 
and we have to get back to uh, educating but not indoctrinating. And uh, the idea that uh, our students would benefit, and our teachers would too. You know, the, the problem with our system now is that uh, we have a, a time in the saddle compensation system as opposed to merit-based. And so uh, the teacher gets an average pay. Well, that means half the teachers are being underpaid and half the teachers are being overpaid. Mm-hmm. And nobody's, nobody is really getting paid what they should be paid. And I would like to see quality teachers get paid more, and I'd like to see not quality teachers, um, you know, work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only way we're going to have that is if we have competition in the system and get the get the teachers' union and the bureaucracy out of the way and let let teachers and students and parents work it out. Yeah. So I was pretty excited about uh, the education. Um, you know, the health and uh, health and welfare, of course, uh, freedom of choice. Uh, that's important. I was not being able or not being coerced into some kind of a uh, medical procedure that you don't want to have. Um, the party affiliation—that's that's an ongoing uh, struggle to try and figure out figure that out. You know, the, we have the Democrats that are crossing over to vote in the Republican Party. They're not content with screwing up their party. They want to come over and screw up ours as well. Mm-hmm. And how do you prevent that from happening while maintaining? You get, you know, new people that come in or young people that, that come in and they want to they're, they're want to vote Republican. They, they believe in our principles. They believe in our platform. And we, um, you know, we don't want to have to quarantine them for a year. <laughs> you know, we should be able to let them uh, join the party and, and fully participate so that we're not turning them away. Yeah. So how do you do that and not have people that, you know, they'll flip-flop their party affiliation? I'm a I'm a Democrat this week, a Republican next, and back to a Democrat the week after, so I can, uh, you know, vote in, in places where I, uh, or for things that I really don't represent me. Yeah. And um, the, a lot of the confusion of that happens because people think that a primary is, is a vote, is like a general, in that you're voting to elect somebody and everybody should be able to vote in every, I think it was uh, Jim Jones saying, well, I'm a Vietnam veteran, so I should be able to vote in the Republican primary. And I'm thinking, well, that's, you know, those two don't necessarily go together. Are you affiliated as a Republican? Well, no, I'm an independent. Well, then you should vote in the independent primary. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just because I, you know, I pay taxes doesn't mean I get to live in your house. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so we have a right of affiliation, which means a, a right not to affiliate. It's, you know, you have that right, that means um, you can define what it is to be in your party and what the qualifications are. Yeah. So, so that's a, that's going to be an ongoing struggle, um, and you know we'll probably make some mistakes there and have to try something else. Um, but we'll uh, hopefully at the end of the day we'll get it right and uh, go from there. So yeah. um, anyhow, I'm we we passed a, a platform change for repeal the 16th Amendment, do away with the IRS, which I would love to have us figure out a taxing system that wasn't as inefficient and prone to corruption and misuse as the IRS. You know, mm-hmm. I was, I was uh, on, I, this isn't widely known, but back when uh, the Tea Party was first uh, attacked by the IRS, the first folks that, that objected to that was the uh, Tea Party in Kootenai County. 
Oh, wow. And that was Phil and Leslie, myself, Phil and Leslie Damiano, uh, Ron Nelson, and we called, got a meeting with Senator Crapo and brought him down all the documentation and, and said, look at what the IRS is doing. And he, to his credit, he, he did something that most politicians don't do, and that's, he did something about it. Mm-hmm. And that started the whole thing that ended with, you know, Lois Lerner uh, resigning. So, uh, you know, the, the IRS is, is incomprehensible. Uh, set of laws to run uh, a system that is just ripe for corruption, and the only people that that uh, don't care are the people who can afford accountants to avoid it, and the people who don't pay taxes that don't care about it. So it's the you know the 45 percent of people between 50 and 95 percent that gets that gets uh, reamed by the system, and that's just not right. Yeah, we should have uh, we should have something that's easy to do. I don't know if it's sales tax or uh, maybe we charge tariffs so that when foreign countries want to participate in our free market, it costs them to get in okay. you know, mm-hmm. at the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we let China pay for uh, for coming in here in Mexico and Canada. If they want to bring their goods into our country, then uh, the feds are going to collect a little bit on its way in so that um, it protects American jobs and American industry. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a free market guy, but uh, free market for a level playing field. Yeah. Anyhow, those are some exciting things that are that are coming up in the platform, and um, you know that again, those are aspirational mm-hmm. uh, on the platform committee. I had to keep on reminding people we're not crafting legislation here; we're making aspirational statements, and it will be future committees and future legislators who will take these um, we believe statements and turn them into legislation uh, and public policy. Yeah. So one thing, um, but I like the way the I, I like the way the party is going. I like the fact that we've you know we've drawn a line in the sand. We're not going to continue to uh, compromise into oblivion. Uh, you know that it's a, a, a woman is uh, an adult human female mm-hmm. that uh, children shouldn't be exposed to pornography, and you know young children don't need to know prepubescent children don't need to know about sex <laughs> at yeah. all. Yeah, you know. And if they want to pretend to be something, they can pretend to be a dinosaur, <laughs> you know, yeah. have <laughs> or you, a fire truck or, you know, whatever. Have you, uh, uh, have you heard of Matt Walsh's children's book? Uh, it's about, uh, I haven't seen his children's book. I did watch the, what is a woman, uh, uh, special or so, his documentary, mm-hmm. which I would highly recommend. Oh yeah. Um, the, the as, children's uh, book is was, just as good because what it is, is it's about a boy. He literally takes his mom's wooden spoon, sticks them in his mouth. And he says, look, mommy, I'm a walrus. And so this mom (laughs) goes and like tries to get all sorts of accommodations for him because he's playing dress up, you know, he's pretending. Mm -hmm. And she like gets it to where the school like has to put in an aquarium for him to be in (laughs) while in class, like all sorts of ridiculous things. And he's just making the point that why would you, you know, why would you live outside of reality and accommodate people's craziness or play right imagine it that way yeah play. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. insane yeah. so the whole no, time we, the boy's like i'm to, not taking serious but mm-hmm. yeah we, we need to um just take a time out understand that there is biology and there is science and there is natural law and there is reality and uh it's not your reality it's not uh, my reality it is reality period yeah and uh stop pandering to this, to this lunacy because it, it breeds more. You know, we live in a, in a culture and a society of status, you know, an economy of status. You think, well, everybody's interested in money. Well, they want money so they can buy things to show 
off their status. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you are a young child and you can control a system by being weird or being, you know, having special needs or special demands, which aren't, you know, uh, that aren't a bona fide need, like if you have some kind of handicap and require, you know, ADA mm-hmm. kind of assistance. That, that's, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about I'm, I think I'm a walrus or I think I'm a cat, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I want you to, uh, I want you to bow down to my needs and do what I say. If you're a, if you can command the people in authority to do what you want, that puts you in charge and it puts you at a high level of status. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that happens and everybody around goes, well, if he does that, then I want to, you know, I want a, a, an aquarium and I want to paint the room pink. I want a litter box in the yeah. uh, restroom. Yeah, so and then that's that's how I get my. And if you don't do it for me, it's unfair. And so you know, this is a this is a uh, a roller coaster off a cliff. Yeah, it's also and a scary psychological place for a child to not have any boundaries and to not have reality shown to them because then if they are in charge of their own world, that's really an insecure place for a child. Actually, so well, they're pushing not only, it. Yeah, not but, only that. It's their yeah, job to push that, it. But, but, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's just society's job to, to yep. uh, set Reality. the limit, set mm-hmm. the restraint, and mm-hmm. not, you know, it's always a give-take, and you're wondering if you've gone too far or not far enough, you know, if you're trying to um, inspire a child's uh, creativity and, and uh, their wonderment. Uh, at the same time, you want to make sure that they have to live in the real world, and, and that's uh, because society requires that we all have certain things that we agree on. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you throw all those out the windows, you don't, you can't have a functioning society. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're we're back to not not even Lord of the Flies. The Lord of the Flies had a society, you know, had a structure to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we're back to just chaos and you know and death. Yeah. There's a there's a great story I used to tell um, about little Amy. Amy's sitting in the classroom, and Amy is studiously working on a drawing. And the teacher comes up and says, Amy, what are you doing? And Amy says, well, I'm, I'm drawing a picture. I see that. Uh, what are you drawing a picture of? She says, well, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher says, well, Amy, nobody knows what God looks like. And little Amy says, well, they will in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and that, you know, that kind of childlike uh, belief that you can do the impossible yeah. is desperately needed. Yeah. You know, it, because in my line of work, I'm, I create inventions, and, and you have to believe that the impossible is doable, mm-hmm. right? The thing that never existed before can be created. And that's the little Amy coming through that says, you know, oh, I could, yeah, I'll, you'll know in a minute. Yeah. Because I figure this out. Love it. And so, uh, you know, we need systems in place and education systems in place that don't crush that. They don't crush that creativity. But no, at the same no. time, Mm, you, you have to give them bounds in society that says, well, yeah, you can, you can do that. But when it comes to, you know, walking down the street, you can't imagine that you're invisible and walk out in front of a car. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, that's the challenge that we have as adults. And uh, we need to not uh, relinquish that control to, uh, to people who don't understand. And to five-year-olds who yesterday my daughter asked, is Santa Claus real? And I said, what do you think? And she looked at me and I, and I said, 
no, but you know, we have fun with it and whatever. And she goes, yeah. And she goes, what about God? And I'm like, no, now he's reality, you know? And, and so she was trying to equate, like you say Santa Claus, but you, and so all eight of our children, as soon as they are, you know, asking the questions, we tell them the truth. And if my daughter said, I'm a cat today, mommy, it's like, we can go along with it for a little while, but I am not getting you a cat box. And I think that's the right thing as a society to do to our kids is to tell them the truth and not just go along with their fantasies forever. But I do agree yeah, with well, children's imagination. All right. You want to be a cat? Fine. Fun. Um, here, mm-hmm. this is, here's your dinner. Yep. It's cat food in a bowl on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> We're right. having cake, by the way. <laughs> right. Exactly. Would I you know. like to be a person again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Nope. Yep. My kids are homeschooled, so nope. they run around in costumes and they have fun with it. But but at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, they're well, not. Yeah. No. And, okay. Imagination time is over and everybody <laughs> recognizes it's imagination time. And yep. now go do the dishes. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I know. Yep. And I'm the youngest one here, of course. You like how I say, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, um, you know, even when I was in school, we had, I remember there was girls who would like pretend they were horses in elementary school. Sure. But, Nay you know, like, yeah. yeah. When they mm-hmm. were, when recess was over, mm-hmm. you know, they the stopped acting like away. a horse. Yep. Yep. So, oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, and that's, that's fine. That's, uh, yep. you know, imagination is, is uh, where you go to explore things, but uh, you can't, you can't live there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can visit, right. but right. you can't live there. Yes. You're from the era of My Pretty Pony. That that was... I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, we didn't... We couldn't afford, you know, the TV. So if it was on... Which I will say this. I am... I was going to say we only watched what was on, you know, PBS. I will say we that's just, one of the that things that I them. was really supportive of. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. It's like, it's like I was saying on the last podcast with Tammy Nichols, you know... Sesame Street is not what Sesame Street used to be. Mm -mm. Now it's an agenda. Now you have reporters with an agenda. And if we we can't be funding that. So I was really happy to see that one as well. Yeah, that was in the resolutions committee. I heard that one. There were a lot of good ones. I heard from the chairman. The chairman came up to me and and he was trying to make the case why that resolution was bad. And he says, well, if you, you know, if the state gets out of PBS, it'll, it'll still exist. Uh, but you won't have any control. And I, yeah, but the consistent exercising hasn't done any good. So why yeah. pay the money? Exactly. You know, your your argument is that we need, uh, you know, we need to stay close to this problem, um, and because if we don't, if we're not close to the problem, we won't be close to it anymore. <laughs> and, and the, you know, where's the problem there? Yeah. I think you could say uh, the same thing about abortion. You could say the same thing about anything. We don't could. want it in Idaho. If they do it in Washington, that's on Washington. We don't want blood on our hands. Yeah. And we don't want public television that goes against our values and morals in Idaho. So it might exist, but at least we're not paying for it. We're well, saying no. And that's exactly what I said on the last podcast. I said, hey, you know what? Their reporting is good enough that you know they can stand on their own merits. Yep. It shouldn't be on my back, though. No. It shouldn't be on my wallet. Mm-hmm. Let them well, participate and, you know, in the free sure market. They, if they've got if they've got corporations that are willing to um, you know pay their employees to go to other states to have abortions, then they I'm sure the corporations will help fund PBS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know they can they can get that donors from not take it from taxpayers against their will. I mean that's if if you have enough of a market that people will uh, donate to uh, make it happen, so be it. That's fine. That's great. You know and. Uh, you want to have whatever programming that uh, your donors will support? I won't be watching it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I shouldn't pay for it 
and uh, you know, not be able to, not want to watch it. Exactly. You know what? If I had no morals and I owned a business with, I, I mean, I do own a couple businesses, but not with a large amount of employees. But if I was a progressive or Democrat, mm-hmm. I would totally pay for the abortions. And I look at it from a cost analysis way. I look at it as well. If I pay for this abortion, it's only a few grand. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I have hundred, to pay probably. on her. If I have to pay on her maternity, mm-hmm. if I have to pay for time off, yeah. all this stuff, extra care, because, you know, the cost of insurance also goes up. I mean, it's insane That's- how expensive insurance is for employers. Mm-hmm. So it's oh, yeah. actually no, it's, it's cost effective for employers. Yeah, to, to pay for. But here's the here's the rub. Here's the problem, because the lawsuits are going to start. I'm, I'll you can set your watch by it mm-hmm. um, since obviously there's no difference between men and women. <laughs> then uh, men men should be able to sue because they don't have the benefit of going to another state if they want to have an abortion. Oh my! I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. All right. So if you if you take their logic to the next step, which is you have you know birthing people, mm. then that that benefit that you're saying, well, we're going to give you a free airplane ride to another state to go do something. Well, you got to give that to everybody. You can't just give it to a few people who happen to, you know, happen to have a medical condition, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. you, you wait. It's, uh, the, you open this Pandora's box and all the lawyers spill out. Right. <laughs> Imagine and, this. And it's going to be, yeah, so they're going to, they're going to regret, at the end of the day, they're going to regret this. Oh, yeah. And not for the reasons, not for the reasons you think. There's going to be a lot of birthing persons and when they say, you, you, you're not pregnant. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, you can't be pregnant. Well, you know, what's the difference? You know, she doesn't have a life in her. I don't, I don't have a life in me. You're looking at it the same way, you know, sort of thing. Well, actually, you know, there is, there is precedent. There, there is precedent for this. I was listening to a lecture on uh, human resource management years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got to say, you got to be careful for sexual harassment. You got to be careful that Me Too, um, and at the time, Me Too didn't mean what Me Too. Basically, it was, um, there was one particular uh, uh, person in the office that was getting uh, advancement because they were, uh, you know, offering sexual favors to the boss. Mm-hmm. And there was another person that wanted those same benefits, and they weren't being offered the opportunity <laughs> for sexual favors. And so that was their complaint, that they weren't being sexually harassed and, and the advancement that comes with it. Right. That <laughs> so, makes sense. Wow. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it's... Uh, uh, you got you got to look at both sides of the coin, That's and uh, so this is something that these corporations did as sort of a reflex, and then on on deeper consideration, they're going to have to rethink the whole thing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What about Resolution twenty twenty two zero one that Idaho's unequivocal support for Israel? You remember, like that was a little bit of a yeah. Uh, well, and that that we talked about that on the floor, and. Mm-hmm. Um, there was confusion over the the state of Israel that that um, you know the Jewish people should have uh, a state versus the Israeli government. Correct. And um, I believe I'm I'm not sure who argued that. It may have been Scott Herndon, uh, but it was uh, he was saying that unequivocal support that Israel as a as a country as a nation should exist. Mm-hmm. You know that shouldn't be scrubbed off the face of the earth. Uh, and and that you know that's solid. Saying that no, we support the Israeli government. And everything. No, that that you don't support your own government. And everything they do. No. Yeah. That's and, and so, I think that's important. Uh, 
for people to realize yeah. we're and not that's, saying. That's a, that's a critical mm-hmm. distinction. And when, when they made that, you could almost feel the entire room went, oh, okay, okay. I get it. And then it was no problem. It passed. Right. And so um, part of the problem that we have in our party on messaging, a big part of it, is that we assume that people understand things the same way we do. In other words, and, and this, this case, the support of Israel is actually a good one where we, we didn't even fully understand it, that it was a little, a little bit esoteric. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, uh, the result of that is that people say, well, you want, you're just 100% supportive of, you know, the Israeli government and everything that they're, no, 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 that's not it. And then you have to explain it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think on these uh, resolutions and platforms, we, we've got to, try to do a little bit better job of stating it explicitly almost in a childlike way so that everybody gets it. Yeah. Uh, because if we use too much adult talk, uh, then the reporters latch onto it, they misinterpret it, and then they blame you for something you didn't say. Right. <clears throat> right. And, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty common practice nowadays. So uh, one side says, well, it's absolutely clear. It, that's what the language says. But Still, we're talking to people that don't want to understand. They they want to misconstrue it, and so you can't even leave them a, a you know a fraction of a crack to swarm uh, to squirm through. Okay. And, um, so I hope I hope in the future that we're we're better at that. Sorry, yeah. I think that Again, happened with the answer for no, yeah, question. I think that happened with that abortion um, thing that we are against abortion in all cases, and then people wanted to say, "Well, wait a minute," in the life of the mother, the baby, like. And then well, it got yeah, discussed. That's not, that's, that's not an abortion that terminated pregnancy. That's a medical procedure to save the life of the mother. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's that's not murder. You're triaging a situation. You've got, you know, two heartbeats and they both can't continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if they both continue for very much longer, both of them will stop. Mm-hmm. And so you got to decide which of these two can I save. Yeah. And those are the kinds of medical decisions that doctors have to make all the time. And, Nobody is, is even remotely suggesting that that be criminalized. Yeah. No, for sure. You know, and that's what I think we need to being, say. Yeah, it's being interpreted that way mm-hmm. because of people who, who want the other position. So they're trying to make what you're saying extreme to suit their argument. But that's not what's happening. Yeah. You know, if you have an ectopic pregnancy, if yep. you've got a pregnancy that's, that is truly endangering the life of the mother, you know, uh, um, you know there's a whole list of things that can happen. Um, and, uh, you know, that's not anybody's fault. That's just, you know, nature isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. And uh, we deal with that in a medical sense, not in a, uh, I'm using abortion in, in, light, in lieu of birth control. Right. And, and that's where, that's the 98% of cases where people, uh, you know, people have a problem with. And you're, you created a life, you made a decision to create a life, and now you for your own convenience, you're deciding you want to end it. And having powerful uh, people uh, make excuses why less powerful people shouldn't exist uh, has been a very sad part of human history. Yeah. And the other element is I don't want my government to be able to uh, allow the murder of a class of people under any circumstances. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I think that the government sanctioned uh, killing of somebody that we just shouldn't do that at all. Um, I think that that's 
the, the government that's not a power that the, that the government has even. Mm-hmm. You know, we have death penalty cases, but that's after a very long process of, of you know, various grievous acts, conscious acts, willful acts by individuals who, who you know, are too dangerous to have in society. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. not what we're talking about here. So anyhow, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to continue to fight to try to bring uh, clarity and understanding to people. We're going to always be thwarted by people who choose to be ignorant and uh, willfully ignorant of, of the facts so that they can support their position. And, um, you know, it's going to be a fight, but it's a fight we got to fight, so yeah. we'll do it. In your, um, if in your central committee, do you go through these and kind of explain to the people a, a recap of convention? Our central committee meeting is tomorrow. Well, night. unfortunately, uh, we, we would if we had them before mm-hmm. us in, in a timely fashion. We didn't. Yeah. Usually, uh, we do. Like for the state party meetings, there's a deadline and then distributed. And I will actually, if the timing works out, I will go to our committee and say, where are we on these? I like that. You know, mm-hmm. and, and go through and say, all right, because you're sending it, you're sending four people down to be in the state party meeting. Me, state committee men, state committee woman, youth committee men. Mm-hmm. How do you want us to vote on these? And then we ask the whole committee and they give us our opinion and we dutifully note it down and then go down there and argue the case. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't want anybody imagining that, uh, Cooney County is run by Brent Regan. All I do is help facilitate our committee to make decisions and to make sure that the right people are in the right places to do a good job. And um, I think that every chairman in the state that should aspire to that, because again, the, you may be smart, but you're not as smart as everybody on your committee. And I've been, I've been schooled in that on multiple occasions. And I, I know way better now than to go against the will of, of the, the committee, not just because, not for some addictive reasons, but mm-hmm. because they're usually right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That collective, you know, yeah. They, they usually get it right, and I, I don't get it right all the time. And I'm happy to admit that and follow their lead. So, Brent, uh, yeah. That's, when people want to come to ahead. your Kootenai County Central Committee meeting, what day of the month is that, and where is that located, if people want to spectate? It is the fourth Tuesday of every month. So look on your calendar, mm-hmm. count down to the fourth Tuesday. It's next it Tuesday. It starts at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fourth Tuesday. Um, it starts at 7 p.m. And it's a county administration building, which is a 451 Government Way. It's right at the foot of Government Way, the south end of Government Way. And we're downstairs in rooms 1A and B. If you are coming, get there by no later than 645, because about by about 645, all the seats are gone. Yeah. <laughs> and a standing room only. So we usually have probably 100 to 120 people there mm-hmm. and a little under half of them are on the committee and the rest are spectators or guests we must have about and, the same yeah ours is standing yeah. room only they have yeah. to bring a chair yeah. yeah yeah and uh so we'll start off and uh you know try to roll as quickly as we can through the program but uh you know you're welcome to come down and introduce if you have any kind, if you're a, a politician in the area or a chairman from another county or, uh, you know, you'd like to introduce yourself to the committee, I'll give you a three to five minutes right up front. We have a, a time period before roll call where we have special guests and, you know, visitors or candidates or what have you. And we usually have two or three of those for every meeting. Yeah. So, you know, happy to let you um, come in and, and uh, say hi. I'm from Canyon County and, 
you know, here's something cool we're doing, and we want to thank you for this, or whatever, you know, whatever you have to say. You want to go next week? I kind of do. I'm already up there. I'm in Spokane all weekends. I'm like, can I stay? Oh, you can totally stay. I know. Well, I have to see you have a meeting. Yeah, no. Yeah, come on down. We're, uh, let's see, our next meeting here. This, it's a week from this. It's a week from. It's the 26th. I love. So it's a week, um, yeah, a week from tomorrow. And will you go over what happened at convention? Are you going to do a recap? Uh, I'll probably have Bjorn do that. Yeah. Okay. I was um, curious. I wish you know, we because I try to, I try to get everybody else involved as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I do enough talking, so uh, let's have uh, maybe Bjorn, since he's the Region One chair, uh, he can give a Region One report and talk about the convention and. Because then he loves that stuff. That's his. He told me he. I do this every day of the week if I could. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I believe it. I looked at right side. Yeah, they're crazy. <laughs> no, no. As soon as we were leaving convention, we were talking about the next one, and we're like, "Let's get Kootenay to do it." Do you think they'd host it next time? We're 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 hoping that you guys. Well, we're hoping to actually. Good. We're we're we'd like to have it up here, and uh, we're trying to figure out a venue we could do it at the resort, or mm-hmm. uh, we're thinking maybe the casino. Yep. Okay, that'd be fine. Um, you know, that's down the road of 20 minutes, but um, it could easily, uh, I'm sending a delegation down there to check it out. Uh, and so, you know, that would be, because there's hotels and restaurants and everything just right oh, yeah. there. I think the big free. thing is, do they allow firearms? Not being able to carry it all supposedly was nuts. And then having, is that a thing out there? Is that going to be a problem at the casino? That might at a, a I casino? I don't think so. At a I casino? Don't, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Okay. Because they well, have their it's, own it's rules. it's tribal land. It's tribal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's tribal land. So I, I don't think that's a problem. Um, I, th- there were rules that you couldn't carry down at? Oh, you think? Are you, are you mm. down at Twin Falls? Is that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Supposed to sure? be a, it, <laughs> I know. It's a concealed carry for a reason, I know. But we somebody got turned in from yeah. Canyon. Tracy Wasden tattletold mm-hmm. on him. I, I mm-hmm. saw her. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what. Two of the three days I had my pistol on me. Yeah. I don't care. You yeah. know, it's, I just well, knew that they would love I'm, to throw me into jail if they found it on me. So I didn't want the felony that well, supposedly came Here's the thing. The reason that I was okay with it is is they have rules around it, right? Yeah. Uh, it has to be like before. A thousand or more. A thousand yeah. or more. And we didn't have that. Nope. So, but they had, they had things on the door saying no fire. It was nuts. And then we had the protesters outside. That was exciting. We had the, um, abortion group saying my body, my choice cred and what coming after people in the, well, they were screaming at me, you know, my body hands off. And I looked at them and I said, your terms are acceptable. Correct. (laughs) Correct. No problem. (laughs) We agree. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And you know what? One of our gals looked at the child and said, aren't you glad your mom didn't abort you? And she looks at her and she goes, mm, I wouldn't be here right now at this protest. Maybe that's not such a bad thing. So I think that child was forced to go and attend that because she was like, mm, her parents, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's, that's a, that's a pretty sick thing to do to your kid. But, I yeah. know. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, well, yeah. We, we can't solve all the problems of the world. All we can do is, um, is do what we can do. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm happy to do it. So, Happy for guys like you to, to do this kind of stuff and to, uh, uh, you know, spend, put a bunch of uh, blood and treasure and effort into, uh, into making this happen. Um, you know, we're, I, I am, for the first time in a long time, I am cautiously optimistic. 
We love that. Yeah, That's why we wanted to do this one. Show the direction the party is headed and give people hope and encouragement that this yeah. this is going to change. And I think they should be encouraged. And I think mm-hmm. the tide is, is turning right now. I think that we reached the, the nadir of uh, this uh, progressive lunacy. Mm-hmm. I think the, um, the potato in chief has mm-hmm. uh, convinced everybody that maybe these Democrats aren't all they're cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we're all we need to do now is to uh, stay the course. Yeah, and I'm. It's been a long, it's been a long push. People were, were working on it well before I came along. I've been doing this for a dozen years now, mm-hmm. and uh, I hope uh, one of these days, not too distant, I will retire, and someone more capable than me will come along and and uh, get going with it. Well, be encouraged because the people that are flooding here are hardcore. So we do not want to see yeah, this state yeah. go anywhere but towards Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm tired. Who is it? It was Tammy. Yep, or, tired or of being no, jealous. Was, uh, Michelle. Janice was I'm saying, jealous. I'm tired, yeah, I'm tired of being jealous of Florida. Yep. So uh, let's, uh, let's not be jealous of Florida. Nope. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can do it. proud of what we got. Although then more people come here and then that's a problem too. Anyhow. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> Build well, a wall. Brent, yep. thank you so much for joining us. I've kept you on for an hour and a half. That over. was fun. Yeah. I know. I keep, The problem is, is I could keep talking to him. Oh, yeah. I, I, I honestly want to catch you and pick your brain off air and ask you more questions about your your inventive side, your creative side. That sort of stuff is, is foreign to me. I'm like, well, you know, I'll, I'll find a tire and I may find a way to try and make it a little bit better, but that's about yeah. all I can do. Yeah. So at some point, have you I'd been to my, have, you, you guys haven't been to my shop, have you? Never. No. Let's go out. Fly, fly the well, plane down. It's cheaper here, than us you, driving. If, <laughs> well, if you, if you come up for, um, <clears throat> come up for our central committee meeting next week. Mm-hmm. And if you're here overnight, uh, Wednesday morning or what, we, you can come on up and I'll give you the tour of the, um, of the uh, mad scientist uh, factory up here and you can see what uh, uh you know where all this stuff kind of comes from that'd be yeah. fun if you want. i'll have to yeah. check my calendar that sounds uh, good i'm gonna have to make it happen I'm, I I'm supposed to sit down with another person from up north as well okay you know who that is we just talked about it so okay well, let's see what we can mm-hmm. do sounds good brand thank you so right, much we'll right. talk to you soon you guys take care thanks for the call talk uh-huh. to you bye bye Keep up the good fight, Courtney. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. They're phenomenal. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. I know this was a longer episode, but you know what? When Brent gets going, he has so many gems. You have to stick around and you have to hear him. We had a lot to cover. We did. We had a lot to cover. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this informative. I hope you are inspired. And if you are on a central committee, get to work. We've got a lot of catching up to do with Courtney. Cooney, thank you for paving the way. All right, everybody, be blessed. That's right. You've been listening to What's Happening Idaho. Idaho's conservative voice. If it's happening on the right, we're talking about it. And if it's happening on the left, we're laughing about it. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. You can hear the show on every major podcast site and find out more about us at the website at www.idahospodcast.com. See you next time on What's Happening Idaho.